Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and Ken Hellenius help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Hello, and welcome to Living Stones. I'm your co-host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and joining me in the virtual studios from beautiful South Bend, Indiana, uh, is the man who trained the well-beloved television animal Flipper, the one and only Ken Hellenius. Ken, how are you doing, my friend? I am well, thank you. You know I don't like water. We've talked about this before. <laughs> how could you fill our listeners' ears with such lies? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you made an exception for flippers. Well, that's true. I mean, everybody, he's he's America's favorite mammal in the water, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, among all the mammals that, that we know in the water. Gosh, we used to watch Flipper all the time. It was on uh, like Superstation WTBS in the afternoons, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Fun times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Deacon, we are well into Lent at this point. You and I, you know, we've talked about this before. Lent is your your high travel season, uh, at least it is now that we're kind of back to travel and stuff like that. Uh, I know um, I had the joy of actually meeting up with you in person a few weeks ago at one of your uh, Lenten Parish missions uh, that was here in Indiana. But uh, how is it going? How is your Lent going? Uh, Lent's going well. You know, um, it's a penitential season, of course. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, and, and often for me, penitential season, though. Yes, that's and right. Says. That's right. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, you know, I am joyful in the fact that I'm back out uh, on the road again, and and uh, you know, uh, doing the Lent, the Lenten mission circuit, and uh, at, you know, at, at the same time, you know, being away from home, and you know, I was home for a year, but still, you know, you right. miss, you know, you miss your family, and I and I have uh, two children with birthdays that are always during Lent. So I, I'm usually never around, you know, for their for their birthday. So but uh, but that's OK. They forgive me. <laughs> so I'm paying for their college tuition. So. <laughs> because dad's out on the road that they have they are able to have birthday cakes. So, you know, that's right. <laughs> but it's going well, you know, um, I'm getting a lot of adoration time in, which I really love anyway. You know, right. but I'm making sure I, I spend some extra time. Uh, before the Lord. So I, I, I often go twice a day when, if I'm a parish that has adoration chapel. So I'll go in and pray the office and the rosary, you know, one time, and then I'll go in the second time and, you know, just kind of think about some projects I'm working on or things that are coming up on the calendar or just, uh, you know, making sure I'm, I'm where am I I'm at my relationship with God, making sure everything's good there, you know, and uh, yeah. then I'm still, uh, always trying to do his will, not, not what I want to do, but what God wants to do through me. You know, that that's, that's really important. You know, I actually just came from adoration as we are recording here together. Uh, I just had adoration of my parish. We have been hosting it uh, once a week and that's a, a ministry that I've been helping kind of coordinate the calendar for. And partly the reason why I've been doing that, uh, can I volunteered to coordinate the calendar is because I myself wanted to be able to go to adoration. And I realized that it takes volunteers and all that to make it happen. But in order for us to have access to prayer, we needed somebody to take this responsibility on. I said, well, by gum, pick me, you know, cause I, w- I want to go and adoration for me, like you say, it's time just to 
be in front of the Lord. To be there, you don't necessarily even have to have a plan for your for your time because it's sitting in silence in the presence of the Lord and listening. And there's that wonderful story of of the uh, the old man who would go in for adoration and the the parish priest came up to him and said, what, what do you do during adoration? He said, well, I just stare at Jesus and he stares at me. Yeah. You know? And in reality, that's, that's really, it's putting ourselves in the presence so that we are able to listen, so that we are open to uh, listening to the Lord and what the Lord is calling us to do. And that still small voice uh, that is described in, in the Old Testament of the Lord, it, it comes from the monstrance too. Christ himself speaks to us, and we just need to be able to listen. And being in silence in the church is a wonderful way to um, open ourselves to that. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we're in a, a culture that I think is afraid of silence. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you see... Uh, and people walk out with the pods in their ears, even the kids at home, you know, <laughs> walk out with the ear pods in their ear. And um, even at mass, sometimes, you know, we, we try to fill every space where there's a break or there's some kind of silence with, with noise, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that's, that's a shame, you know, uh, John Paul II said, one of the greatest ways that we could be active at mass is through silence, you know? So I think silence should be something that we should, strive to embrace in our lives because that's where god speaks to us in our hearts you know and to hear that voice you have to be quiet so um spending time in adoration i think um during lent especially and then you know maybe it's a habit you could develop during lent during the 40 days and it carries over right you know after lent then it just becomes something that's just part of part of who you are you know part of what you do that's i think that's awesome yeah, we have. I'm blessed to have a chapel in the building where I am in on campus, the building I work in, Geddes Hall, right next to the library at the University of Notre Dame. And uh, there's a chapel just inside the front door. And I pop in there. Like we're we're also blessed to celebrate Mass uh, once a week in there on on uh, Thursdays this semester. So we go in and have have Mass at noon and or twelve thirty, and students come and join us and community members. But even just to be able to pop in for a few moments to say hi to the Lord. He may not be exposed in the monstrance on the altar, but he's there in the tabernacle. That little red light that, that uh, you know, the, the red candle that symbolizes the, the tabernacle, the real presence of the Lord, is an invitation to us as well. And uh, like you say, you don't have to have a plan for adoration. You just have to stop in and do it walk in and, and genuflect and spend a, a moment or two with the Lord and then carry on with your day. It's uh, it's checking in. It's like uh, texting your wife, only different. Only in this case, you're, you're kneeling before your Lord and Savior and Creator. So it's actually kind of better. So. No, no, I absolutely agree. And, uh, you know, some people say, well, I go to Irish, what, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know, what, what do I do when I'm in there? Just be. That's it. Just be before the Lord. Yeah. I mean, yes, you, if you can, you can pray a rosary or, you know, whatever that that's great, but really all God wants is your heart, right? Hosea six, verse six, you know, I want a loving heart more than sacrifice knowledge of my ways more than Holocaust, you know? So he, all he wants is an open heart. Right. Um, he just wants us to be willing just to listen to his voice um, and, and listen to how he's working in our lives uh, to, to really help us to become 
the person who he created and calls each one of us to be. That's the, that's the, the real deal there. Yeah. Amen. Well, you know, we are this deep into Lent here uh, and um, something exciting is going to be happening this weekend. And that, you know, we've talked about the liturgical year before together. Uh, this fourth Sunday of Lent that's coming up is, has a wonderful name. It's called Laetare Sunday. And uh, it actually comes from the words of, uh, from the prophet Isaiah, rejoice, Jerusalem, rejoice. And it's this idea of we are, our salvation is coming. And so it's this little Sunday, this little sign of hope in the midst of our penitential season of Lent. So you'll notice on Laetare Sunday, the color is a liturgical rose or, or pink. And so this is much like back in, in Advent. When Father was wearing on the third Sunday of Advent, Father was wearing pink, and that is, you know, kind of one of those things that everybody notices. You may notice the same thing this Sunday at your own parish, uh, and that is we are anticipating the joy of Easter, even in the midst of this season of purple. Purple and pink are related colors. Pink is kind of a, a rose, a dusty rose, whatever it might be. It's like a lighter shade of purple in a way. They're related. And so it is just this sign of hope for us. And Laetare Sunday is coming up. And we thought this might be a perfect time for us to talk a little bit about, you know what, we're three, four weeks into Lent. Perhaps we've slacked off a little bit. Perhaps we've let ourselves kind of slide into, you know, we're all excited the week of Ash Wednesday and that first week into land. It's like much like the new year, you know, your resolutions, you, you go to the gym for about a week, a week and a half. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm still paying for my gym membership, but it's March and I haven't been there since kind of deal. That's the equivalent of where we often can be this deep into Lent. And so we thought, let's talk a little bit about Lenten practices as a, as a little fervorino, as it were, a little something to encourage you, to encourage ourselves, to rededicate ourselves to this, this penitential, joyful, as the church says, this joyful penitential season of Lent. So Deacon, I ask you, what are your kind of Lenten practices? What are some things you do? You've talked about adoration, but how about you? Uh, and I know you're on the road a lot, but Tell us a little bit about Lent for you. So, um, yeah, Lent, I think, is a time to, for me to think about where I am in my walk with God. Uh, even though I'm on the road, I try to take time to slow down and spend even more time in silence uh, and, to, and to enhance that almost like, a, you know, like, like a megaphone, right? How it amplifies your voice. Yeah. You know, I, I try to do some extra fasting also during Lent, you know, because you know, we, we actually um, have a lot of room for improvement when it comes to uh, when it comes to fasting as Catholics. You know, you, you think about it, you know, how many fasting days are there in, in Lent? Just, well, let's see, there's Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, too. Except Good Friday is not part of Lent, right? Oh, oh <laughs> <Is> yeah. The... <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Right. It's, own, it's own little thing. The triduum is its own triduum. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah, uh, yeah. Lent ends with the start in case our listeners didn't realize Lent ends with the start of the mass of the Lord's supper on Holy Thursday. That's the end of Lent. Then we get to the shortest church season, which is the triduum, Holy Thursday, good Friday and Holy Saturday. And so we only have one fasting day. And if yeah. you look at our Muslim brothers and sisters, they have Ramadan, they fast every day, wow. you know, so it's room for improvement. And I think, you know, if, remember, we, we remember, if you think back to a few weeks ago to Ash Wednesday, 
um, you know, the reading, uh, Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast, right? When? So there was an expectation that fasting was part of your spiritual life. You know, so I think we definitely have room for improvement. So I always want to add more fasting again, because I think it amplifies the prayer and amplifies um, and helps me focus in better and listen better to God speaking um, in my heart uh, during the season. And of course, I try to do some uh, more spiritual reading. Usually I'm reading theology and stuff, but during Lent, I try to do a little more spiritual reading. Right now, I'm, I'm reading um, uh, Interior Castles. You know, I'm kind of returning to that again. Teresa of Avila. Yeah, Teresa of Avila. So uh, again, I don't spend a, a lot of time in, in spiritual theology kind of reading, but I always try to make sure during Lent, you know, that I, that I do. So on the plane, you know, breaks like in between masses. If I'm doing multiple masses at a parish, you know, um, I'll go into the adoration chapel. I'll just sit quietly somewhere and just, and do some reading, you know, so, and, and, and it's been really fruitful. It's just really helping to stay focused too, you know, and, I, and um, this year is different. Usually I, I try not to do a lot of work, like extra work like projects and things that I'm doing. Right. But because of COVID and everything was canceled, everything's being squeezed into the kind of a short time frame here. I am doing more project work than I would would normally do. But I always make sure I have time to not neglect the spiritual side of things as well. Yeah. I wonder you mentioned fasting helps you focus your prayer. Can you talk a little bit about that because I'll tell you you know, thinking back to, of course, Ash Wednesday, the the one day in Lent when we are required to fast, as you got me uh, in the the old Catholic trivia calendar trivia there. Um, <laughs> I think about, you know, Ash Wednesday, I find myself spending the whole day thinking, gosh, I'm hungry. When do I get my one meal today? You know, kind of deal. Um, of course, this year we, we were invited by the Holy Father to focus our Ash Wednesday penitence, our fasting and our prayer, particularly for peace in Ukraine and for yeah. peace and for the, the safety of the Ukrainian people. And, and so every time I had a hunger pain, that's what I, what I remembered was I, I offered a prayer to Our Lady for the people of Ukraine. Um, but tell me a little bit about kind of how fasting focuses your prayer. Yeah, so um, for me, fasting and prayer, I think the combination, um, I think it's one of the most powerful spiritual combinations that we have. Um, fasting cultivates, it, for me, humility and fosters a deeper alignment with God. Well, why? Because as you mentioned, Ken, when you're fasting, you, you feel the hunger pangs. Or if you're fasting from something that you enjoy, like your favorite television show, you know, and you're like, gosh, I, I, I should be watching my show. I wonder what's going on. And you, there's a longing and a yearning there. But really, what the hunger pains are really pointed toward what that longing and desire your heart is really geared toward and what, it, what should be focused on is uh, a deep, intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what you're really hungering for is intimacy. What you're really longing for is communion. And so that fasting and the physical reminders of what you're doing, to me, it, it helps point me and focus me more toward what my ultimate desire is. My, my ultimate hunger and thirst and longing can only be satisfied by God, you know, and, and so that, that really helps me to, to focus in. Um, prayer is preparation for battle. 
right? Uh, and, and so I think the fasting is another piece of the uh, the armory there that, that we can have is where, because people even have sometimes praying, they have a hard time focusing yeah. in because the mind is wandering. And I find for me that fasting helps to focus my mind better as well and, and stay focused more on, on the prayer life. Wow. Well, I definitely uh, hear you in, in terms of one of the things that, that I uh, kind of a quote, and I think it comes from uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen, in which he said, you know, the fast prepares us for the feast. You know, we, we look forward in the fast, we look forward to that feast, but in order to actually properly feast, we have to actually have fasted, you know? And so, of course, we think of this Lenten season and the, the minimal amount of fasting we're asked to do by Holy Mother Church, but we think about the, the joy of the Easter season that's coming, and we can, we can appreciate it only that much more if we have fasted, if we have deprived ourselves with this goal in mind, as you say, with the goal of communion, with the goal of intimacy with God. In some ways, as a church, we have been fasting. We, we fast liturgically, too. We've been fasting now from the A word, from Alleluia. We don't sing that at Mass. And it makes it that much sweeter when we do sing it at the Easter Vigil, when we do sing it in Easter. And as a matter of fact, in Easter time, we attach that word at the end of every prayer, it seems. Certainly, if you pray the Liturgy of the Hours, the, the breviary, you will be saying that A word at the end of just about every antiphon, because that's how much joy we get out of it. And we can only appreciate that because we have fasted from it during this Lenten season. No, that I, I love that. That's exactly right. Yeah, because yeah, fasting. What what was that? The, the one thing I was thinking. Um, sometimes we we sacrifice things in order for for the greater good. You know, like you think about an athlete. You know, because the Olympics were were on not too long ago, right? You know, and um, and you see those athletes, the the, the best athletes in the world at each of those sports, and they sacrificed, right? I mean, they 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 can't eat what they want. They can't wake up when they want. You know, they have to work out. I mean, they, they have to be totally dedicated. And the things that they do to prepare themselves to compete are things that ultimately point them and focus them toward their ultimate goal, which for them is an Olympic medal and all the wonderful prestige that comes with that, which is fantastic. But ultimately, and I don't mean to diminish it, but ultimately it's a piece of gold that you hang around your neck. You know, whereas we are preparing ourselves for eternal life with God forever in heaven. Yeah. You know, and, and so the, the things that we do on earth, the more we can be better prepared, you know, remember that we're on pilgrimage on this earth. Right. And so right. the more we can prepare for this, this spiritual pilgrimage, I think um, the more joyful we will be. And, and I think that's the right word, joy, because I mean, we talked about this before. Joy and happiness is not the same thing. You know, um, St. Paul talks about this. You focus on the uh, on the things of the flesh. You know, uh, if you put your mind to the things of the flesh, that's where your your focus of your life is going to be. If you focus on the things of the spirit, there's life and peace. You know, and uh, and so this this that's why I love about the season. It's a really a season for me to focus me in to really as a springboard for the rest of the year. It's funny you call up Saint Paul, you know, there, 
and yet you also referred to athletes. And that's an, that's imagery, of course, that St. Paul uses in his letters as well, talking about running the race and winning the crown. And that is essentially, I mean, it's a reference to this great pilgrim journey that we are on as, as Christian people, right? We are on our journey to the kingdom is one of my, is a song that one, my Spanish teacher wrote uh, that we sing at mass every now and then, Father Tobias Colgan, OSB. But, you know, we are on this pilgrim journey and we are running, and as St. Paul says, um, we are running the race in order that we might have the crown of eternal glory. Um, and so, yeah, that's a really powerful image. Even for those of us who've never run a race, it's a powerful image, you know? So, I mean, I'm not much of a, not much of an athlete deacon, but I get the idea at least, you know? Well, just being in the race, that, that, that's, that was, that's what matters. Cause ultimately, you know, it's not a competition, you know, uh, Jesus says in my father's house, there are many rooms, you know, so there's, there's a place for everybody That's and there's true. no first place or second place. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it's just some, something funny just came to my mind when you said that, Ken, I was thinking about when my dad finally came to faith at 74 years old, you know, and, and, you know, everybody pretty much people know the story. I mean, I didn't, we, we, we were estranged from each other for 18 years. And, and uh, when he, when he came to faith, you know, uh, especially at the end of his life, the way he died, died on the, October 5th, the Feast of St. Faustina at exactly three o'clock. Wow. You know, and so even my siblings to this day, on October 5th at three o'clock, we text each other in remembrance of, of Pop, you know. Um, but I remember thinking when he died, I said, wait a minute, I'm working in the vineyard from eight o'clock to five o'clock. And my father goes in the vineyard at 445. He's going to get the same, <laughs> same reward as me. You know, I mean, that's what? the way you think, you know, it's not right. fair. But, right. but it's not about being fair. It's not about who gets first or second. It's about the power of God's merciful love. Right. You know, that God has enough love that no matter, you know, how late you come to him, his arms are still wide open to receive you, you know, uh, and that we should be joyful. <laughs> That's something we should take joy in. And, uh, and I, and that, uh, and that reminds me, that always reminds me of, of, uh, of that when you, when you mentioned that just now, it's a brought back a wonderful uh, memory for me and, and uh, yeah. that is a, that's a bit of a hang up point for some people, though. We need to acknowledge that, you know, is this yeah. idea of how can God be merciful if somebody who's really, really bad also could make it to heaven by repenting? And oftentimes, you know, I will have that thought. I'm like, that person's so terrible. How could God love them? And then I do something really dumb myself and I'm like, God, please be merciful. Please don't let me be, you know, don't let me be cut off because I'm an idiot, you know, and this is, that's when the, those moments when we actually do, when the mercy that we want needs to match the mercy that God offers, you know, we, we, God offers mercy to everyone. And that's why this is the great love that Christ showed for us that while we were still sinners, he came to redeem us. That's the gospel message, the message of mercy. And that's what we want to, that's what, why we're here, you know, to share the joy of the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's the joy of the gospel, that's definitely, that's definitely right where, because it's that interior joy focusing on the things of God that leads to the exterior happiness, right? Because if you, if you find, try to find exterior happiness, that's not rooted in anything, then all of the toys and all of the wealth, it will never satisfy you. It will never make you happy. You will never be fulfilled. You'll always feel that something is missing because it's all superficial. 
mm-hmm. you know it's all superficial so there has to be that the the, the satisfaction um of that deep spiritual um uh longing your heart being filled right so your life can't truly be filled unless your heart is filled and there's a space in your heart that was put there and created there for god yeah there's a space just for god and when that space is empty you know and that's why i think evangelization is so important you know like my father came to faith of all things watching mother angelica i mean come on i mean my father was a hard man you know and and of all the people in the world you think like like Fulton Sheen or you know some other like man's man like would really reach my father's mother Angelica <laughs> you know and, and when I asked him about it he goes she just made so much sense you yeah. know that beautiful simple simple faith that she had made made a difference and it's just again when we share our faith and not afraid to do that in very simple ways maybe just by sharing our story how we overcame fear you know, of making decisions and things like that. I mean, that could go a long way in someone's life. Wow. I I often think about, um, you know, the fact that you and I are blessed to be able to share this time each week to talk about faith, to talk about about how we uh, experience faith and and the uh, ways we get to share faith. And I think about the fact that, you know, Catholic radio is one of the ways that God uses to get his message out. And how, you know, we're blessed to have this show and have conversation. Um, And there are so many other great shows and there are many great channels of evangelization, as you as you say. And so, you know, I, I, I don't know why all of a sudden I'm thinking this is a great time to remind people that, you know, Catholic radio is something that um, exists because listeners support it. And uh, if you have an opportunity to support your local Catholic radio station, please do, because that's how people hear the gospel. And, uh, you know, we're not uh, necessarily, I mean, you and I are volunteers, and we do this out of love for Christ and out of love for ourselves being saved and experiencing the great mercy of God. And so please be a coworker in this and help your local Catholic radio station share the gospel of Christ. So that's, that's my little pitch there. How does that sound? Yeah, I love it. Great message. (laughs) So true. We have reached the end of our time together tonight, but when we come back next week, I want to talk to you, Deacon, about a great devotion of Lent that we probably, we've been praying for, for literally, you know, thousand, well, almost 2000 years. We know that Mary herself did these. So we're going to come back next week and talk about the stations of the cross. But until we get together next week, we invite you to connect with us on Facebook. We are at Living Stones Media, and you can also download previous episodes of the show at materdeiradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I-R-A-D-I-O.com. Deacon, until we gather next week, might we have a blessing? Sure, man. Almighty God bless you and keep you the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week here on Living Stones. You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Living Stones is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.